This is the Alan and Carly podcast. Hello and welcome to the podcast, a, um, you know, loose podcast Loose edition. podcast. Yeah. Behind bit, the scenes. Yep. I normally have a work laptop that finally died. It's been hanging on by a thread. Yeah, it was making noises like it was going to explode for over a year now. And they kept saying, oh, just hang in there, hang, hang in, in there. there. Um, but yeah, I think maybe it was the broom heat. Maybe, <laughs> that yeah. Tipped it over the, the humidity edge. maybe the humidity. got in there. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was funny because we have quite a big office of a lot of people. Mm hmm. And they were scrambling, looking through cupboards, trying to find a spare computer. And they, um, one of the techs walked in and said, all right, I found one that doesn't have a cracked screen. I thought, this isn't a great sign. He goes, yep. but it doesn't have a delete button. So yeah. no mistakes for me. No mistakes. No. Is that working? Have you got that? <laughs> no. Then no. they tried to fire it up and realized that uh, it's not as straightforward as they think. So Yeah, cool. Well, I look forward to... I mean, um, it's not like you need a computer to do your job. No, it sounds like you got a big day ahead of you. I'm going to go home early today, I reckon. Oh, it's going to be sorting this out. I'm brew Mardi Gras out, you know. I'm tired now after the big weekend, so I'm going to go and go to the therapist and get my elbow punched, so I can't wait for it, which sounds like a euphemism, but I assure you it's not. He literally is just going to A therapist? A physiotherapist. Or uh, a therapist? No, we do Which both. One? Mentally, yeah. we talk about a bit of stuff as Two well. Two for one. Yeah. I'm just like, well, he's like, the elbow hurts. He's like, what else is hurting you? I'm like, oh, mate, I only got... Maybe it's chat. Alpha Bucks. Let's get um, into that. A for Alpha. Okay. Yep. 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 Uh, name starting with A, a pink song. This is the hardest one. Oh. Um. Oh. Uh. Wait, wait, wait. Okay. Pink. Uh, obviously, I'm chewing up a lot of my 30 seconds here. <laughs> uh. No, I got nothing. All I know so far. All I know so far. What does that sound like? Can you, yeah, can you get a little get sample? It. Yeah, yeah let me just... You pad for me. All, All I, I know, know so, so far. far. Oh, pad, 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 pad. Oh, you pad. See, look at the spinning wheel of death. My <laughs> computer's not working as well. Oh, jeez. All right, here you here. go. A bit of this action. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. The rain. No, I don't know the words to this. And let the light in and you can do you in hell and they go to change your you are. That's all I know so far. That's all I know. That's all, all right, I know. Alright, that's enough of that. Um, another, because I'm just putting in alphabetical order and what's in the system. Um, I've got a million dreams as well. Do you know oh, that song? Oh, a million dreams. That's this one. That's from uh, Greatest Showman. theme. I don't know any of the lyrics, though. And then there's also, well, I don't know what this is, Ave Mary A. Now, oh, this is cool. Who's we have so many Mary pink songs a. in this system. Jeez, it is it is a Jeez, Pink's gonna be here for a long time. She keeps adding shows Look on. Look at this, it's a plethora of oh, pink producer songs. Shelby, oh, it's called Ave Maria. What did I say? Producer Shelby said she used to listen to it all the time. Ave Who Maria. Is Ave Maria. What has she done to get a song written about her? What's that sound? Can you hear that? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> Alright, I think that's time for us to go. <laughs> it's not the wrap up music. Yeah, that's us being played off. There we go. I'll fix that. All right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, enjoy the podcast. Uh, we're going to go and, um, well, go do different I'm gonna things. I'm going to go talk to the IT department. Wish me luck. Have fun, mate. Alan and Carly. 
yesterday, Alan. It was a very emotional uh, moment. So I've spoken about this on the show before where if I see a stray dog running around, um, it hasn't always ended well for me, but I will pick it up. And this stems from years ago when I had an American Snappy and she could clear a colorbond fence. So I was forever getting calls and so thankful to people that helped me out in that situation. Um, so I know what it's like to be the one looking for a dog. So yeah. I'll either check the collar for a tag or I'll take it to the vets and get the uh, chip scanned. So when Russ and I were driving around yesterday, we saw the most beautiful dog that looked exactly like Gabby wandering near the road. And you, you can kind of tell when a dog's just out of its element. Like I could, I could see she was well loved. And so I said that we had Gabby in the car with us. So Russ, I said, oh, we should go back and check her tag. So Russell's like, okay, no worries. So we went back around. I stayed in the car because Gabby was with us. Yep. So Russell managed, it took him ages, but he managed to kind of corner this dog because she was quite skittish. Oh. And um, by this stage, other people had stopped as well to help him out. It was actually a really beautiful like community vibe. Someone had treats in their car, so they got treats out to try and coax her over. So they yep. managed to kind of stop her in a ga- in someone's garage and kind of corner her and there was a a number on the collar so Russ rings the number and he just says I've got your dog and he said he just heard this like scream and this lady just starts hysterically crying and saying where are you I'm coming right now um and by that stage I'd driven around to where they were and I was in the car with Gabby and you could see this lady get out and she was just in hysterics and then she ended up uh, sending a photo and you could tell the dog just ran straight up to her. And she ended up sending uh, Russ the most beautiful message saying, thank you so much. This means the world to me. My That's dog great. my dog was missing for two days. Oh, wow. So she yeah. had been driving the streets for two days looking for this dog. Apparently her other dog had passed away uh-huh. recently and... You know, I think that caused the dog to to escape, freak out and leave. So 131060, I wanted to open it up. How long was your pet missing before you were reunited? Because The reunited part is important, by the way. Yeah, before you were reunited. (laughs) Because two days to me, I could imagine, especially for that lady, would have felt like an eternity. I've... I've, you know, spent a couple of hours looking for my dog and it just every single minute feels like hours. So my, I could imagine two days you would get no sleep. Winston once went out the front door because he's an inside cat. He went out the front door and went straight under like the rosemary. I could see him going like, what is this world? What is happening? My heart raced so hard trying to get him back inside. And he was outside for maybe not even two minutes. It felt like an eternity. Wow. And I hadn't even technically left my sight. But the idea yeah. of him being out and about somewhere without me. Oh, my God. My heart. Oh, emotion. And yeah, this lady was just so emotional and rightly so. And then she sent a photo of her sleeping in bed because the dog was absolutely exhausted. Her paws were cut up. But yeah, 131060, let's hear the wholesome stories. How long was your pet missing before you were reunited? And how were you reunited? Maybe someone did call you out of the blue. Yeah. Let's take your calls right now. 131060, you're in hit. Let's kick it off with Jodie in Kawaram up. How long for you? Hi guys. Um, I think our dog was gone for about five days once. Oh and, wow. Um, we live in Kawarama and it's the most everyone knows my dog. I'm always <laughs> everyone's always on social media, you know, I'm the bad pet person that just oh. lets her dog jump the fence. How how often um, is your dog going missing? Like all every week. Like, <laughs> where's the dog you, going? You 
Well, it goes to the brewery and they feed it. It is ridiculous. So it's, it started with a neighbour who let it into the house and gave it a roast dinner and washed it with oh, this no. smelly, um, like, strawberry shampoo. It came back smelling so divine. She loved it so much. She was like, oh, this is amazing. And then the brewery called and they're like, we've got your dog, Frankie, and it's just having meals and everyone's loving it. Oh, wow. I said, look. I wish that you guys wouldn't all feed my dog because it doesn't want to stay home now. I can't give it a roast dinner every day. That's so I feel good. Like I just now can't. you have your own version of Red Dog happening yeah. down there. I know. I know. I've so, been to that yeah. brewery. It's good. I don't blame the dog, to be honest with you, Jody. Thanks for your call. <laughs> uh, let's go to Melissa in Geraldton. Melissa, uh, how long was your pet missing before you got reunited? Both of my dogs went missing for about 10 days. Oh, my goodness. <gasps> Ooh. Yeah, so I lived up in Calberry near the National Park. Uh-huh. So I was driving oh. around for, yeah, 10 days trying to find them at different times of the day. No sign of them. I had my horses up there, so I was like, bugger it. I will jump on the horse and see if I can find them down, or any sign of them down any of the little dirt tracks. Uh-huh. Saw something moving across the other side of the river, and it was them. Wow. They're in the river. Yes, so they swam across the river during a super low tide. Oh, wow. And my mum's older dog was stuck in the mud, so I had to swim across the river on the horse, pick up the older dog, put it on the horse, (laughs) and drop right up to where the river crossings are for the boat hire, and they put the dogs on the boat and took them back. It's like the man from wow. Snowy River. Yeah, this I was is... thinking Dr. Queen Medicine <laughs> That's woman. what I was thinking too, wow. yeah. Wow. That's epic. Well, what a Melissa... rescue too. Yeah, amazing. Thanks, Melissa. Yeah. Let's go to Alison in Bunbury. Uh, Alison, uh, how long was your pet missing for? Uh, just a short six weeks. Oh, oh my, my That would have felt like a the longest six weeks ever. What happened? We took the family, well, myself and my three kids and the dog, Went to Cowgirlie for Christmas because that's where her brother and sister live. That's my dog. Uh-huh. We thought we're going to spend Christmas with them. Family reunion. <laughs> yeah, they, they love each other. Eight hours into the trip, the um, you know what the winds are like in Cowgirlie? It yeah. just blew up and we were out having dinner and we come back to an open gate and oh. both dogs missing, her and her sister. But her sister's a smart dog. I've got the dumb one. <laughs> her, sister, her sister went to her brother's house and mine just didn't come back. Oh, no. So, unfortunately, we all had to go home to go to work. But I must admit, I had the best ranger in the world up there. Mm-hmm. And all my friends and I have family up there as well looking for her. And I went back for New Year to look again. And just I must have done three trips up and down. And it's not a short trip. No. And then one day my friend rings up and she goes, I've just got home from work and there's not one but two dogs behind the gate. <gasps> it took itself home. Oh, my God. We don't know how. We don't. Someone's opened the gate and put her there. She oh. didn't have a collar on, so there was no ID. Oh. And I just couldn't believe it, so I had to FaceTime the dog to make sure it was her. <laughs> and then next morning, 3 a.m., headed straight back up to pick her up again. Incredible. Wow. Incredible. Wow, Alison, wow, wow. thank you so much for your stories. Everyone, thank you so much for your stories. Wow. I'm going to hug Cappy extra tight when I get home today. I'll, I'll do the same with Winston, but he won't let me. So. <laughs> <laughs> Alan, AI. So this segment is all about the old 
AI technology, your chat GPTs, your everything else in between. Been hearing a lot of uh, news that's been coming out. This year's basically been the year of it, right, Carly? Yeah. Um, so people were upset over the weekend because some of the AIs did an update and they lost their personalities and yeah. they were really bonded with them. I'm starting to bond with my one, to be By honest. By the way, can we just explain what AI is? Because it is well, kind of AI new. is artificial intelligence, what that yeah. stands for. But the whole chat GPT technology is essentially, you've seen it originally maybe in those websites where it goes, hey, can we help you? But no one's actually there. If you ask it the right question, then maybe it can assist you. So when I'm talking to uh, Flight Center, there's not... Well, I don't know about Flight Mary Center. Mary on the other side? Well, there could be. I don't know. Mm. But so, sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. But they're trying to get them better and better to the point where I even heard something today in the briefing on the listener app, get that tick for the boss, uh, that it was talking about potentially for the medical world that it's becoming really, really helpful. And it even uh, managed to find someone who had breast cancer. Wow. With that that well, passed the human test. So, so that's a great advancement. Yeah. Now, I don't use it for anything serious like that. But <laughs> God, no. Um, instead, today, I gave it the challenge of writing a music parody for me. Now, this okay. is something I could normally do by myself, but I said, you know what? I've got a segment to fill. Let's do it with this. So, I thought it could sum up our broom Mardi Gras experience to Lady Gaga's Born This Way. Oh, I love it. Um, I had the lyrics in front of me, and I'll tell you right now, I don't know how this is going to fit in, but I guess that's on me, not the uh, <laughs> technology. <laughs> so, without any further ado, let's give it a red-hot crack, shall we? <clears throat> I'm from the land of down under Where the sun shines extra bright Where the people are friendly And the beers are extra light Carly dressed like a rainbow Producer shall be spilling Alan's drink We're here to party now So let's all link we're all in broom where the party never stops. We dance in the streets until the morning crops. Carissa's husband, Josh, brought all the jinx for us. They're having a blast, no need to fuss. Alan's getting a glitter beard as he dances to the beat. Everyone's happy with the broom money heat. From the shores of Cable Beach to the colorful Chinatown, yeah, we're proud to be here. We wear love like a crown. Jessica James, Donna Kebab, and Something Wong all strut their stuff to our Mardi Gras song. Lucy's the organizer with a heart of queen. She's proud to make this parade scream. <laughs> Sorry, that last bit was impossible. <laughs> anyway, Wait, that was chat, that was, yeah. What is it called, Chat B? Chat GPT. GPT. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, uh, to be fair, I really had to. Squeeze that in. <laughs> that was. I looked at the uh, Lady Gaga looks. How did so they went, know all the names of everyone? Oh no, I gave it that information. Oh. It's not <laughs> Carly. Come. <laughs> you I, know, I, I was actually <laughs> getting a little. T- <laughs> Are you I serious? I was getting more and more terrified as the song went on. Like, just. I'm glad I stopped because the next verse I say that we dropped you off at your home address. <laughs> But was it there? Was it watching? And then I thought, geez, I don't want everything in the sock. Oh, wow. <laughs> okay. Anyway, good on your chat, GP. GPT. GPT. BP. <laughs> okay, good. Good stuff. You look legit terrified. Well, you know, we know what we I got th- up to, so we didn't want it all in the song, did we? We didn't want to be exposed like that. I thought it was my average singing, but well, it looks like... might have been listening. <laughs> When we were uh, up in Broome, we were given a car, which was nice. Um, we weren't given it to keep. Like, we didn't no, win anything. to drive around, yep. you know, get around in, uh, which yep. was a great offer. 
Um, and between you, me, and producer Shelby, we decided we would divvy up the driving. Well, every tour that we've gone on, you we always claim we're going to divvy up the driving, but I normally step in and say, absolutely not. And it ends up being normally me and the yep. producer driving, and you don't get to drive at all. And for very, you know, but reasonable you know reasons. <laughs> I thought, I want to be a team player here. So I decided that, yes, I will do a little bit of <laughs> driving. See, now I was out because my elbow is like been legitimately in pain and it was a manual. Yeah, funny was, that you couldn't help us with any of the suitcases. We were carrying your bags around. After carrying the show, it's um, <laughs> it's pretty exhausting doing everything else. But yeah, I literally couldn't, like I looked at the manual and I saw like how hard Shelby was having yeah. to move it. And I was just like, no, nah, my elbow will turn to dust by the end of the uh, weekend. I can't do it. Now I was looking to impress you guys because I thought I can tell I've been underestimated here about my manual driving skills because I actually oh, owned a manual. With, you can just say driving skills. <laughs> Don't need to throw manual <laughs> on the top of that one either. I owned a manual car for mm. three years. Or did um, I own you? <laughs> well, anyway, so I thought it's like riding a bike. Surely once I get behind the seat, it's going to be like muscle memory and it's going to kick back in because it's been a good... Oof, long time since I've driven a manual. It does explain a lot of your foot action if you're and, approaching um, it like no, the same way you ride a bike. I knew I was in trouble when I sat down and there were two gear sticks. I thought, this is new. Okay. haven't seen this before. Oh, God. <laughs> and I made the comment and then producer Shelby said, no, 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 that's uh, what, four-wheel driving? Yeah, for four-wheel driving. So I thought, all right, well, we're not going off-road anytime soon. We're just going down the road. So I chose the first gear stick. For those of you in Broome, for context, we're talking Mangrove Hotel to the Rowie. Uh, yeah. Not even 500 metres. No. Could have just put the handbrake on and rolled down the hill. That would have been safer. I thought you had. <laughs> um, anyway, turns on the second I um, turned the car, and it wasn't like muscle memory, actually. It was a little bit confusing with all the pedals and the movements. But anyway, didn't stall it. Got yes, us onto the roads. Oh, no, that was later. But straight no, away, no, straight away you stalled it. Oh, that's right. Oh, I thought no, I call it a false start. You get a bit of a false start when you're driving a manual. Okay. Stallings when you're at a roundabout. That's just a false start because you've got to warm it up with a manual. You know how sometimes it'll just stall because it's not warmed up yet? Nope. Not a thing. But anyway. It happened in my car. It must have been a thing with my manual. But anyway. I don't think it was. So we start going down the hill. Now I get a little gear happy. And all of a sudden, I'm in fourth. And I'm thinking, mm, I don't know. I think I just got a little excited it's to be changing gears and actually feeling like I'm trying. An interesting choice uh, going from second to fourth in a 30Ks. <laughs> uh, you're doing 30Ks, but hey. Now, I thought I was doing well. Then I thought, oh, I've got a bit keen with the gears here. I'm in fourth, and we're fast approaching the roundabout going downhill. Yep. And then all of a sudden, I realize I better, I better you know, relax and go back to third. But in the process, somehow I've jumped to first here. I don't know what's happened in the meantime. Don't know how that happened. Do not take responsibility. But anyway, then I've put it back in third, mm. thinking I'm still in first. And then all of a sudden I introduce Shelby screaming her life in the back. Yeah. That was all of us screaming. I'm not a religious man, but I almost came one in that <laughs> moment. I, um, I was scared for my life. So you go around the roundabout. In the slowest pace with the most horrible sound of the car being in a gear that it should not be in going. Argh. Shelby then demands you pull over. You you do pull over. Who knows if indicating Can is I used. Say, I have no idea. Right in front of the bottle shop. Which I needed. Which immediately after. And in the lines. So you pull over, we get out, and Carissa, whose car it actually is. Oh, the, I hope smell she's not of the, the smell of the clutch being completely burnt out. I actually thought there might have been a small fire in the car, to be it honest. It was horrible. 
It but was... anyway, guys, did you die? This is what I always say to passengers. Well, did you die? Producer Shelby looked at me, and the second you walked ahead of us, she said, I'm sorry, Alan, for not listening to you. This what is why she doesn't drive. You? I said, you don't drive on these tours. You don't, you're not allowed to drive. I drove. I and... got us from A to B. What more do you need? No, because like there was, I'm going to get Shelby in here. Producer Shelby, hey, Shelby. Hey. Hey. Well, you actually didn't get us from A to B because you pulled over and I had to drive the rest of the way. Oh, yeah, <laughs> to bottle shop A to B. <laughs> That's not where we were going. That's so, just where we well, ended up. Well, we all know it's where we needed to be, guys. <laughs> people, you're welcome. People in Broome, you can rest easy now knowing now, that Carly's not in your trip. roads. We've got a road no, trip coming up. We're going to be in a camper. <laughs> we're not driving. We Absolutely don't know if it's going to be a manual or not. It doesn't matter. You can't drive any. I'd watch your normal driving. It's it's chaotic. It's like you <laughs> do it blindfolded. <laughs> but did you die? Well, I think Alan thought he might have at the time. Mentally, I am dead. You were very quiet, actually. Yeah. You screaming I, I, I'm in the back. screaming. You were very you quiet. I always go quiet when I start praying. You know that. <laughs> Let's talk about this awesome find uh, in Shark Bay in WA. Uh, it is a miniature Buddha figurine, and it's supposedly going to be worth, what, 100 grand? Is that what's happening yeah, here? This is just everything I love, this story. Uh, hidden treasure. Yep. Antiques Roadshow is going to yep. come into it. So basically, uh, yeah, a little bronze Buddha figurine was discovered and they reckoned that it could be a rare relic from the Ming Dynasty. Now, what is also so cool about this is how old this is. So they reckon uh, the pair who found it, um, it'll go for around $100,000. Insane. Um, and they actually revealed the value of... On the UK's Antiques Roadshow, so we will get to see that. What's crazy is it means, and this is like another bit of history coming yeah. in, it means that the Chinese would have visited like Sharp Bay 200, before the, 200 years before the Dutch did. This is wild. It's crazy. I like Do the video, but... Do you think but... that maybe it fell off a ship and washed ashore? Well, though? there's a chance of that. Like yeah. you, We don't know, um, but like you know, the experts have come in and confirmed that it is definitely a proper relic, but I like the video where you see them kind of brushing the sand and it starts with the Buddha's butt. <laughs> And they're like brushing. You see, like this little like statue's yes. butt, <laughs> and then it's like, oh I wait, it's worth something. They actually found special. it with one of those metal detectors. Geez, they love a beach and a metal detector, don't I, they? Yeah, but like, I mean, it's cool I've to find stuff. I've thought about investing in one before, and you know what? Return. I don't know what's a metal detector. Actually, they go did for find it with days. a metal detector. Oh. So yeah, there you go. Well, what's a metal detector worth? Because a hundred thousand dollars return on investment. That's great. Yeah, that's if you find something. As someone that has been out there in the middle of uh, the gold fields with a metal detector and found nothing but bullet shells. I can tell you, it's well, not a fun game. Well, what else are you doing with your spare time, you know? I'd love to hear from someone that has a metal detector, like, how much money they've made from it, if it is worth the investment. It's all that balance of what's your hourly rate worth versus, you know. I'm you not worth find. much, so. No, you're not. I am. Uh, and that's <laughs> why I will not be doing that anytime soon. That was the Alan and Carly podcast. <laughs>